Hey, thanks for joining us, everyone. Uh, this is All Things Evangelism podcast, and I'm here with a good friend and uh, <laughs> life partner. Uh, her name is Sharice. Um, this is Pastor Matt Parra, Evangelism Director uh, in North New South Wales, as you guys know, because you join us every week for this podcast. And uh, my wife and I are uh, having a conversation today, uh, and it's into our, our topic is bringing friends to church. Yep. <laughs> and I, I thought when we planned to do this podcast, of all the people that I know, and uh, all the people that I know that bring people to church, and my wife is one of those people. <laughs> so, you're my wife. Yeah. Do you want to introduce yourself to the people? Yeah, hi. I'm, Sh- I'm Charisse, and I'm Matt's wife, and <laughs> I bring him to church quite regularly, yeah, actually. That's right. <laughs> A one person she brings to church. Yeah, right. and three other little people as well. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay, so Sharice, we want to uh, share insights that we have learned with our church family in regards to bringing people to church, uh, visitors to church, friends from the community to church. And so I'm just going to start the conversation by asking you, what are some things that scare you about bringing friends to church. And you guys, I'm having Sharice on here because she brings friends to church. She brings colleagues to church. She invites friends to evangelistic campaigns. And almost more than anyone I know on a personal level, she brings people to church events. It just seems to be a kind of a gift that Sharice has. And so that's why I thought, let's, no let's pick. Let's, yeah, no pressure. <laughs> let's pick her brain and let's, let's get some insights from her on how she does it, because she does it. And we all want to do it. We all want to bring more people to church. So Sharice, what scares you about bringing people to church? You could say nothing. Well, no, that's, that's exactly, that's, that's the whole thing of it. Um, you have so many fears when you first meet a person even about yourself and who you are and what you represent to them. And I just, I feel like I have to get over those things before I ever step out of my door. Um, to go meet people so that I'm in the right frame of mind so that when I meet people I just am who I am I and I can represent Christ appropriately and I just want them at my church because that's where I am and I believe that's where Jesus is with me and I want them with me experiencing what I get to experience and so it just happens naturally but the fear battle is won much before I and speaking with the people yeah. um, that I'm meeting. So, so one thing that scares you about bringing people to, to church is you. <laughs> oh, is me. Is that I, uh, my church won't re- represent Jesus appropriately because I'm not representing Jesus appropriately. And do I really want to win them to what I am and who I am and just all those personal insecurities yeah. that have to be overcome in life. I need to overcome those before I walk out of the door in the morning so that I can be a shining light for Jesus wherever I go and then they'll come with me to my church because that's where I spend my Sabbath day and the Sabbath day is so important to me. And so, yeah, I do find myself talking about the Sabbath quite often to people um, because I'm close friends with people and I like to talk and um, it just comes up because my kids aren't in sports on Sabbath, but what do I do on Sabbath? Um, Oh, it's just this really special day that uh, I get to go to church with my family and meet with other friends that I'd love for them to meet. But that's that's further down the track for a lot of the friends that I meet. It's not like I'm just mm-hmm. saying, come to church with me the first thing that I meet them. But if it's one, the Sabbath is one seventh of my time 
Yeah. If I'm good friends with people, I'm going to be sharing with them what I do with one seventh of my time because I'm talking about. You know, like how could you be a friend? How time. can you be someone's friend, and actually be doing life together with them? Yeah. And them not be aware of the yeah. fact that you worship God. Yeah. One day a week exclusively. Yeah. Yeah. So okay, so we're all insecure. We all have battles to fight in our head. Mm-hmm. We all fall short of the glory of God. Yet we mm-hmm. know Jesus tells us to invite others to come. Yes. Whether it's to evangelistic series, whether it's to you know whatever ministries the church is doing, because you know the church is the body of Christ and it offers service and blessing to the world, and we're a part of that, and we're supposed to call people to it. And uh, but we all have shortcomings and failings totally and so and so you're reflecting that you're saying hey look it's hard for me it scares me um, that I have all these issues that my church does have issues because we're not all perfect and uh, not all of us uh, some are uh, some think they are but um I once said to a friend of mine with tears in my eyes like I so want you to come to church but you're just going to see all the issues that we have and you probably have a great you know time at your church and our music is going to be different than yours and our um, just everything about it is going to be different Um, but I think that I and I, I, I just as I was saying that she cut me off and she said no I don't I don't want to be at my church for what you're thinking my church is either i i've gotten tired of the miracles after miracles that people are claiming and the speaking in the tongues sensationalism the yeah. sensationalism and she said that's not what i'm what i'm going for because and and that was a moment that i was a, a bit fearful because she's a good friend of mine and um yeah i just wanted her to know that i'm not trying to win her to something that is just totally in a worldly sense, amazing, but something that is spiritually amazing. And I just wanted to communicate that to her somehow. But yeah, she cut me off and she was like, listen, that's not what I'm looking for. And I guess something that I wanted to share is that I have a standing prayer that um, the Holy Spirit just speaks through me um, all the time when I'm talking to people. So I'm willing to open my mouth and speak and time and time again, the Holy Spirit just says things that I feel like, wow, that was a really spirit-led time with a friend of mine, and I can't even repeat to you what exactly he said through me, but then they'll come to church or or continue to spend time with me or think that I'm a great friend, and I think it's just, you know, Jesus answering my prayer that the Holy Spirit worked through me. So, okay, so back to where I was going, because you, you're saying a lot, and I appreciate it. It's really good insights, but, okay, so I was asking you the I question. I just need to say one thing. Oh, yeah, In this family, do. we have a problem with um, speaking, so who gets to speak more? I don't know. Maybe me. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> it's all being demonstrated to the world right now, the truth. So, okay, so what I was asking you <laughs> was about fear. What do you fear about bringing people to church? And then I was going to ask you, okay, so you overcome that fear and you dismiss that fear and that worry. Why and how do you do that? Like, okay, so why dismiss that fear? Because the fear is not unfounded. 
we all fall short. Our church is not perfect. Yeah. Right? There's issues. By the way, those issues go all the way back to the disciples 2,000 years ago who were dysfunctional and proud and power hungry in their own little circle with Jesus. And so, yes, we have issues. Yes, we have challenges. Somehow, someway, you get over those and you deal with those on a personal level. But how do you do that and why do you do that? Yeah. You see, like, what reason in your mind do you come up with to say, okay, so I'm just going to disabuse myself of those fears and those worries and I'm just going to invite my friends enthusiastically to participate with me in these respective ministries yeah. and, and events and, and programs. Yeah. So I hate myself if I'm living in fear. I hate it. I despise it. I have to, I have to give myself some sense of freedom. And the only sense of freedom that I've found in my life mm-hmm. is Jesus and the promises that he gives us. Peace beyond understanding. So I don't have to understand everything. I don't have to have a specific way that I'm going to do anything, but I have to get the peace that Jesus promises me mm-hmm. every day. And um, when I was in the Bray Park Church a couple years ago, I picked up a, a Bible study that said, uh, no fear Bible study. And it was like 20 different 10 verse passages about not having fear and I read those and wrote about each one in my journal and they were excellent and amazing. And it was a time when I was struggling with some fears. Um, And other times that I've struggled with fears, you know, I just, I eventually, if I don't do it at first, I eventually end up just crying out to God and giving it to him because I cannot stand myself. I can't, I hate living with fear. Yeah. So Um, like, so like the, your dislike of being afraid or feeling fearful of your faults, your imperfections. Of the way that I'm choosing to live. Yeah. uh, Is greater than your fear itself. So your dislike for being afraid is greater than fear. Yeah. And so therefore you overcome your fear. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of interesting. Hey. Yeah. So it's like, it's almost like, you know, you're supposed, you're called by God to be something and to experience something. And when you're not, you're just like, nah. Uh, yeah, we have imperfections as a church. I have imperfections as a person. But Jesus is in the business of saving people with imperfections and totally. he still is in the midst of his people. And I'm going to overcome this totally. fear because living in fear, living in worry, living in shame is just not on for me. And no. so I'm just not going to do it. So it's almost like you resist. It's like that text in scripture that says, res- it's in Peter. And he says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Yes. So you know it's the devil that's giving you all those weird totally. thoughts in your head. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. If Jesus offers us freedom and if we can really overcome through him, and if he's worth believing in, then I can believe all that that's true and I can believe what he says about me. And I just need to tap into his thoughts about myself rather than my own thoughts about myself in the morning and um, live in faith. Mm. And that really does involve overcoming fears. I heard this preacher say one time that it's really stinky inside of the ark, but it's a lot worse outside of it. Yeah, exactly. You're right? Yeah. It was interesting. He was preaching a message on the church and the imperfections of the church. Yeah. And he said, but you know, it's a lot better inside than outside. Yeah. And he compared it to the ark. And there's lots of stinky animals. Yeah. Lots of poo. Yeah. You know? And I think um, about these things, you know. That's why no you showers on me. The, I'm a bit of a imagine, philosopher. <laughs> imagine physically being on the ark. Imagine physically being on the ark, Noah's ark. Mm-hmm. Like you're not taking a bath for a long time. 
Well, maybe you are. Maybe they have some kind of filter, some system where they, the, the, the leaks in the side of the ark, you can kind of wet yourself down. But yeah, yeah it's a pretty nasty place. But yeah. it's safer in there. Yeah. And the Jewish nation, when you think of its history, all the failings. Yeah. But then Paul says in Romans, what advantage is there of being a Jew? Many in every way, he says, because unto them were committed the oracles of God. Mm-hmm. And the church, according to Scripture, is the, is the foundation and the storehouse of the truth. And Jesus says the truth sets you free. Mm-hmm. And so, sure, the church Precisely. is imperfect, but this is where the truth of Jesus Christ is. Yeah. And the fundamental truths of Scripture set people free from deception and delusion yeah. and give them a, a context for faith and, and freedom and true happiness. That being said, I don't have to know every truth in all of its entirety before I step out of my house, you know. But I just need to believe the truth that God has entrusted to me and step out in faith. Yeah. So what do you say to someone, Cherise? Hey, listen, you've had people come to church before because of your personality. It's just who you are as a person. You have a certain kind of personality. And since you have that certain kind of personality, you know, you're just, you know... That you're the type of person who's friends with everybody. <laughs> you just go out there and throw yourself out there. But that's just because of your unique personality. Not everybody's that way. Some people are much more socially timid. They're just, just afraid and they don't have lots of friends. And then they always have to hear preachers preaching sermons about witnessing and bringing people to church. But that's just not them. That's just not who. What do you, what do you say to that, right? Because that seems to me to be a, a fair response for some people, right? Like Yeah. My person- You're just talking about inviting people to church because that's just who you are and that's what you like to do. Yeah, no. My, my personality is garbage if it's, not, um, if it's not tied to Jesus. You could ask my husband. <laughs> um, yeah, it's freedom in who you are doesn't come from personality. Yeah, I may be extroverted and I may enjoy talking to people, but even if I was introverted and didn't enjoy talking to people, you could listen to them. I could listen to them exactly and God would I believe God would put me exactly where I need to be on the playground beside a mom who just needs to be heard and then asks me um who I am and what I'm about and I can answer a question you know yeah I am I will say I am forward um about just sharing who I am and where I come from I'm I'm excited about life and um yeah sharing it but being interested in other people is not bound like you don't have to have a certain personality to be interested in other human beings and right. to be interested in their eternal welfare. Right. It would be like being a fireman. You don't have to have a certain personality to care about saving people from fire. Yeah. That's just a simple analogy, right? Like, yeah. I could be very melancholy. I can be very to myself and the kind of person who desires isolation, but I can care about others yeah. enough to care about them yeah. and have, have relationships with them and ask them questions about themselves and get to know them and share myself with them. Um, it's not any, I think this is something that people misunderstand. It, like, sharing yourself with people opens you to rejection. Mm-hmm. And totally. that's not easier that's for some persons than other persons. Like, it, it doesn't feel good to be disliked or rejected no matter who you are. And being a friend to other people and then consequently inviting them to church or to associate with you on a spiritual level, like, that's not like necessarily easier for somebody because they have an outgoing personality. I, by the way, mm-hmm. know people 
who've come to the Arise program who have very, very much extroverted personalities, mm -hmm. and they hate witnessing. Yeah. And the reason why they hate witnessing is because and they hate sharing and they hate trying to invite people to spiritual programs is because they're so good socially that they're not used to being rejected ever. Mm -hmm. And then there are some people who come to Arise and we send them out to do witnessing and outreach ministry and inviting people to campaigns and evangelistic presentations. And they're, they're totally antisocial, totally quiet introverts, and they love outreach. And because all the rejection, all, mm -hmm. you know, the people ignoring them, it doesn't mean anything to them because that's how they, they're used to it. That's right. They've been experiencing that their whole life. And so your ability to invite someone to church is not tied to your personality. That's it's right. tied to how much you care about, about other people and, and how much you love your beliefs in, in your church and, and the truth of the, the scripture. You're spot on when you said that about like having an outgoing personality and good socially. You're used to winning people over kind of hurts very more. quickly. It hurts actually more hurts. When... And that's why when you said the fear thing, I'm like, oh, the fear is a very real thing that yeah. I have to overcome and I have to choose to live out what I believe rather than how I feel. Yeah. when I know that I'll likely be rejected like yeah, just walking by so there's a there's a mom I'm getting together with tomorrow and she's told me she's not Christian at all and I've told her I'm Christian and I've invited her to multiple programs at our church and she's never come um, but yet I met her at the park last week by chance and then she texted me and wants to get together again tomorrow for a couple hours with her and her son and Sometimes it just baffles me like because I'm so forward with what I believe because I don't want people to find out in the end that they had a chance to know something from me that I want to tell them like I am just so open with them um, because I don't want to I don't want to live with that um, on that guilt that that oh I wish I would have said more I want to say as much as I can in a friendly free spirit and Whoever takes it, takes it. Whoever comes to church, comes to church. Whoever comes to the program, comes to the program. Whoever <laughs> takes my Bible texts or whatever. Can I tell you something, sweetie? Something, yeah. something that just came to my mind. It's funny. There's two things that have come to my mind simultaneously, and it's making me laugh from what you're saying. <laughs> the, the one thing that's coming to mind is, well, there's three things. An Ellen White statement where she talks about the end of time, people realizing that you knew mm. what was about to come on to, up, upon the earth, but you, mm -hmm. you didn't tell them. Mm-hmm. And they're really upset with you. Like mm -hmm. they, she has this prophecy where people come to Adventists and say, "You knew, mm -hmm. and you didn't tell me." And in particular, Adventist ministers. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then also the John Mayer song, <laughs> "Say What You Need to Say," <laughs> right? It's, so that that comes to mind. So that's why I'm laughing. Yeah. Um, those two things, and then there was something else. Uh, yeah, like you'd hate in the final judgment. Obviously, the Bible says there's a time for everything and you have to keep your mouth shut sometimes. And you want to listen and be careful mm -hmm. and, and be sensitive to where people are. But at the same time, you can't become so intense and nervous and worried about every single word you say mm -hmm. that you become locked up and you can't just be yourself and mm -hmm. share yourself and, and invite people. By the way, okay, so we've talked a bit and this has been a blessing to me and I'm sure to everyone who's listening. Um, but Charisse, do you want to just, for learning purposes, give us an example of a time, just mm -hmm. tell us a story of a mm -hmm. time that you, in, you invited a friend to an evangelistic meeting, a church program of any kind, a church service or whatever, and they came. So just mm -hmm. tell us a story and we'll see what we can learn from it in the next like five minutes.
So just tell us a real quick story, a little quick testimony of sometime, you know, you knew someone, you met someone, you developed some kind of a relationship with them, or maybe you didn't. You just a work mate and you just invited them to something mm -hmm. and they tuned in or they mm -hmm. came and attended. You want to yeah. just, can you think of anything sure. from the, from yeah. Your, yeah, I'm just wondering. And don't, don't, don't be particular. Just whatever comes to mind. Yeah. Just tell us about that. And then maybe from that we'll draw some practical yeah, tips. Yeah, sure. Okay, so um, I really love having a job for the purpose of being in my community for the same reason that my colleagues are in the community. So I kind of feel like I have just as much right to be here as you do. And um, we can get to know each other on a work basis but so you have a common purpose we have a common purpose you're all exactly. there to work you're all that you have the same job exactly yeah. like i loved knocking on doors and doing bible work and winning people who were wistfully looking towards heaven and just kind of reaping that harvest but um for me i just like to be who i am where i am and um completely vulnerable with people i like to play all my cards on the table and just take it or leave it, this is who I am. Um, and so in a work sense, you know, you're working with people, oh, why did you move here? Oh, because my husband's working for a Bible school up the road. Um, oh, interesting, you know, that's kind of a So you don't, have to, you don't have to, if I, you don't mind me interrupting. Yeah. You don't have to manufacture a reason to be associating with them. Exactly. As a colleague and as a coworker, you, you have a reason to be there associating with and them. And I want to be their and friend. And that gives you a context within which you can develop a relationship. Exactly. Yeah. I'm, I'm saying, this is who I am and I want to be your friend. But as soon as who I'm saying, this is who I am, if they're like, oh, Bible college, I don't want to be your friend. You know, like then, fair enough. But that, and, and that happens sometimes. Um, so you just, you just honestly communicate yourself. You're just a friend. You're just there. Why I'm here, who I am, what I do on the weekends. Why you're here you in know. Australia, because you're not in Australia. Yeah, well, why I'm here in Australia. I was actually talking about um, Kat in Sonora. Mm -hmm. um, when I had my first nursing job, you know, I'm like over my head and like, oh, stressed out, feeling like, how am I going to be a Christian witness here? I'm, I'm like a fish out of water. I need help with whatever. But um, yeah, so my, my preceptor in Sonora, um, I told them that I didn't, work on Sabbath, it always comes up like straight away, you know? Um, so I told her that her name's Diane. Um, yeah, I don't work on Sabbath because, or on Saturdays, because that's my day to reconnect with my creator. And I need that in order to be any use to anybody the rest of the week. So um, he's asked me to keep that day holy and I do. So unless somebody was, um, dying and you super needed your student nurse here, um, I'd come in and I'd help, but I wouldn't be paid for it and it would be for an emergency, you know. Um, and of course that didn't happen, so they put me on other days for my preceptorship, but um, she's like, oh, interesting, you know. She never came to church with me, but um, she, she was curious about who I am. She kept a little bit of her boundaries up, but we're still friends on Facebook. So I meet Kat um, and she is a beautiful Russian girl. Um, and she's like intimidating to me because she's so pretty. Um, <laughs> but we hang out and she's single and um, we're living in the mountains of Sonora. And um, yeah, we're hanging out and working together and having conversations here and there. And then um, 
she wants to get into snowboarding. We go snowboarding with her, me and Matt, and um, we start a young adult Bible study and she's like first on our list to invite and she's coming with bells on. She just loved it. She, she came every Friday night. Um, and yeah, it was just so automatic to invite her to what we're doing because we're having fun adventures outside and we're worshiping Jesus on the weekend at church and so or in our home in, with a Bible study which is a great way to invite people to church as well um, so just developing relationships with people just being free to develop relationships with people but I'm not free to freely develop relationships with people unless I feel like I'm being true to myself and to God then my relationships are all just a bit weird a bit so you're hiding on. something. I'm hiding something. I <laughs> hate hiding things. I, yeah, I hid a lot of things growing up. I wasn't really sure about myself and stuff. And I got so tired of living that way. And um, so, yeah, I went to the Mission College of Evangelism. And I just, before that is when I found freedom in Jesus. And I was just like, where do I go to just study my Bible and just figure out if this church that I've been raised in all my life is true and um or is it jehovah's witnesses or mormons or pentecostal like what what is the what is the true church you know so i, I had to figure out who i am what what the what i think about the bible is it my rule and practice of faith like so i just had to get that security and am i living what's true am i living what's true and as god convinces me every morning that I am living what's true, I'm happy to share that with others. Not that I'm living everything that's true. I'm super happy for people to pull me up on things as well because I want to do my best for Jesus and I want to live forever with him in eternity. But he does say, go ye therefore and preach to people, tell people the truth. So I'm not preaching at them. I'm just becoming friends with them because I like them, but I have to be honest and true to who I am. It seems to an extent, by the way, when I'm listening to you, that the way you relate to inviting people to church ministries and programs is very similar to the way that people in the world in general relate to just inviting friends to events that they like. Totally. Right. So, and I do the same I thing. I love <laughs> hockey. Not that I do, but <laughs> i.e., I love hockey, and therefore I have a friend that I've met at work, and we like went to the park and had lunch on Sunday and let our kids play, and I invited them to the hockey game on Tuesday night. Like, yeah. it, it's just like you you have a life, you have interests. Yeah. And it's not to like compare. Christ and Jesus in eternity down to that low level, but it's to help us all to see how sim how simple it probably really is and how overcomplicated we make things. Mm -hmm. You love something, you're passionate about something, mm -hmm. you love people, you're passionate about people, mm -hmm. and you share what you love with the people you care for. Mm -hmm. Voila! Mm -hmm. And there's no, necessarily, there's not some special magic to it or special, mm -hmm. it's special tactic or approach. It's just... You believe in the power of the Holy Spirit. He's out there convincing the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. The Holy Spirit is testifying with people in their hearts that they are the children of God. Mm -hmm. He's guiding them to truth. And then you show up as an external agent of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. being interested in people. Because I've asked to be that. Being mm -hmm. interested in getting to know who they mm -hmm. are, what they are, what they think. 
and you're willing to share who you are, what you are, what you think, and you get to invite them along. And then they get to, as your friends, as your acquaintances, make a decision. And nothing's weird about that. Nothing's awkward about that. It's just normal. They get normal, to experience what I've experienced. It's normal human interactions. Do you know, it's funny, because from our conversation, I'm thinking, have we, as Christ-following Seventh-day Adventists, just, just, just forgotten how to be friendly? Mm. Like just the simple elements of being friendly. Like as a, as a kid, I remember being in school and people saying, like just little kids coming up to each other and saying, my name's Jimmy. Mm-hmm. Can we be friends? Mm-hmm. I like to do, you know? Mm-hmm. And as cute and simple as that is, really as we progress in life as people, things don't change. You don't obviously come up to people and say, hey, my name is Cherise, can we be friends? <laughs> but that's what you're communicating yeah. in how you interact with people. Like, hey, I'm this person. You're that person. I'm interested in you. Yeah. I'd love for you to get to know me a little bit and spend some time together and bless each other and support each other. And You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not that complicated of a process. So anyways, Therese, thank you for taking the time to share a little bit of yourself with our wider church family and mm-hmm. um, everyone out there. I just want to let you know and remind you that you can, you can subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. Or you can, uh, yeah, obviously just keep receiving our emails. But um, I want to leave my beautiful wife with the final word or two. Do you have any parting thoughts? I was just going to share what I shared with Max this morning. I just, it came to my mind um, while I was driving him to his eye appointment. Max, Max, my son, Mm -hmm. (laughs) my seven-year-old son. And Benji and Desmond were in the car, and I went for a walk yesterday, and God just really impressed my mind with something. I was just wanting to find some freedom in Him and some peace. And um, I just asked Him, you know, who am I? And I'm Sharice Para, you know? And I asked Max the same thing. I said, Max, buddy, who are you? He said, I'm Max Para. I said, Max, what do you stand for? And he said, do I stand for? I don't know. (laughs) Um, And I said, you know, honey, yesterday on my walk, Jesus showed me, like, he just said, you're Sharice Para, and you stand for Jesus Christ. You stand for Jesus Christ. You're a Christian. You're a Seventh-day Adventist Christian. And Matt, you just read this book on the Sabbath, and we've been talking about it a lot. I love the Sabbath. I go to church on the Sabbath. That's who I am. That's what I do. I believe in the second, co- the soon return of Jesus Christ, the soon second coming, the soon advent of Jesus Christ. And so that's who I am. That's who I have to be. That's where I get my peace. And whoever meets me is going to find that out sooner or later and I have to be okay with them taking it or leaving it but they're going to get an invitation to church because that's who I am and if they like me they like me and there is sometimes when I struggle because I feel unliked by a lot of people (laughs) Um, but that's when I have to get on my knees and just ask God am I doing the right thing it's not it's not gathering a crowd of people who are just banging down the doors of my church but there are people who come with me to church. Last friend, my long lost, last week, my long lost friend who hasn't come to church for years 
came with her husband and her family. Um, and I was there. And then I was gone traveling with Matt the next week and she came again because he told her a number of times, I loved that church, I'd like to go back. And he's not a churchgoer. So it's not gonna work every time, but what's the hurt in being who I am and trying? Amen, amen. So the spirit and the bride say come and let him who hears say come and let all who hear and who are thirsty come and drink the water of life freely. God bless you guys. Thank you for tuning in with us. We'll catch up with you next week on all things evangelism. God bless. Take care. God bless.